Welcome back to Faith FM. We are continuing on with the show and I'm trying our best not to interrupt people while we're talking. (laughs) Um, While they're talking, sorry. Um, We have come to our time of encounter with God. Before we get into it, do you want to read the next clue? clue? I do. I do. Next clue for the quiz. Give us a little clue. Snap off a little clue for you. A little money money clue. Oh my. Okay, who am I? I set up an image of gold in the plain of Dura and commanded everyone to worship it. However, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused. Mm. Yes. Alternate name. This doesn't really count as a clue, but their real names were Hananiah, Meshach, and Azariah. Yes, they were. So if you know who those guys are, you know what that story's from. Well, then, bam, you know who this is. Give, Give us a call. call. 1-800-324-843. You will get a prize completely for free. It'll be amazing. You will not regret it. But, Monica, we're back in. Yes, we are. We're encountering God. We're studying the Bible. The what, Bible season two. The Bible season two. What were we talking about yesterday? Uh, the Exodus and how it is actually a... Um, a type, like it's a, it's a foreshadowing. Yes, of the second coming. Of the second coming, yeah. and we talked about that the that time where we the time of trouble, you know, yeah. but where we finally cross over. Mm, we finally yes. cross over from you know sin to to just pure life, you know, and how we're living this kind of this kind of life at the moment. That's like a little bit. It's a little bit. Ugh, it's it's dissonant. It's it's you know. There's always sin, and and we don't understand. And then there's that time when we're finally freed from the oppression of sin, and That'd it's like harmony. amazing. It's mm-hmm. just incredibly awesome and amazing. But the story continues on because you know, as amazing and godly as this story is, it's also very human. And um, there is still a lot of chapters left in the book of Exodus that I kind of feel sorry for the Israelites because now we just look back at them and really hold them. Oh, this is a word I learned recently. We sort of hold them in derision. Yeah. Do you know what that word I means? I do. When, when, you, like, hold, when you, you, mm-hmm. you, you sort of hold them in, in, a, in a mocking way, when you yeah. think of someone in a mocking way. That's actually, I learned that in the Psalms. In Psalm chapter 2, the Bible says that the Lord holds his enemies in derision. And you looked it up. Yeah. Good on but, you. But it was because, like, the reason he does that is because they try and fight him. And it's like, but I'm God. Like, what's wrong with you? And so there are times where, like, God is, like, you know, he's, the Bible says, like, he's he's always sad when that happens. But he, in part, holds them in derision because they're like, oh, g- good try. Like, lol. Like, mm-hmm. I'm literally God. Like, um, okay. Um, but, yeah, when we look back at the story of the Israelites, you know, in the accounts of Genesis and, and you know, the, the, the books that come after after this, you know, Numbers and, and Deuteronomy and Leviticus, like, it's just like, man, who are these guys? This is, like, just the worst, most whingy complainers. And we're going to be looking through these stories and, and seeing um, what came after. You know, they went through the Red Sea. What was next on the cards for them? And, and they had a long road. They had a long way to go. Um and we're going to be doing our best. I want to try and cover five chapters this, this morning in this Bible study cool. by just going through and doing some summaries, basically. Ambitious, okay. Ambitious. This, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I'm all about. Yeah, yeah, you're all about your ambition, baby. I am. Sometimes my ambitions outweigh my abilities, and I uh, I come out unstuck. Your but, reach exceeds your grasp. But um, God is good. Mm-hmm. God is faithful, and uh, God always helps me. So I'm praising the, the Lord for that. Ambition, baby, you got that look in your eyes. <laughs> 
<laughs> Never say that to me again. Um, <laughs> Do you know what? Can I just say something about the children of Israel? Yeah, sure. This is like the lesson that, of my life that keeps coming back to me. And I remember when I was younger and like used to read about uh, the children of Israel and just think, man, these people are just so stupid. They just keep Silly, stuffing bro. it up. And wandering away from God and getting into trouble, then coming back and then everything gets smooth again. And they run away from God. They, I just like these people are dumb, man. Why don't you just like stay when it's good, stay with God when it's good? And then I remember um, a pastor pointed out to me that this is the story of us. This is like if I looked at my personal journey and compared it to the children of Israel, it's like identical. I was so flawed. I was absolutely humbled because I realized it is a hundred percent true. Yeah. And so every time I think of the children of Israel, I just get that that sort of like <laughs> that humbling, hunker down feeling. Yeah, yeah. Like, Shudder. <laughs> That's me. I hate yeah. it. Looking in a mirror. It's so interesting, and and you can see that that in yourself in every single Bible character. Yes. That, 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 that you know the, the the ones that we hold in derision through time. Yeah, you know, I I think maybe we hold the Israelites in the most derision because it's kind of funny. But then there are some much more somber somber Bible characters. You look at a like a David, for example, or a Peter, or even a Judas. Like we've all had times and we in our lives where we've done the exact same things that they did. Yeah, yeah like, absolutely. Uh, you know, in in and I get a, I guess a metaphorical way. Like we weren't in the exact same situations. We weren't literally selling out Jesus. We weren't literally denying Jesus in front of. Maybe you have. I don't know. Or you know, we didn't literally um rape and kill someone but in in a metaphorical sense you know we 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 fall to sin and it is our sin that nails Jesus to the cross yeah yeah and it's like man like we are just exactly like these people and that's what it's like for the children of israel too but essentially let's just race through some stories here we're going to make be making quick points and and then trying to get to exodus chapter 20 because um, this is like to me you know what i see is like the kind of um you know if if you've ever heard of Jewish poetry, you know, it's it's based on what's called chiasms, which essentially, you know, you have, it look, kind of looks like a triangle. And it's like the first thing, you know, in a, in a poem and the last thing in the poem relate to each other. And then say, you know, there's a rung up in that triangle and there's two middle things that relate to each other. And then at the top, there's like the, the central point. I see Exodus chapter 20 is a little bit of a central point oh. to the to the book of Exodus. And then I, I see Leviticus is kind of, you know, well, Leviticus chapter 16 is a little bit of a central point to the whole entire um, first five books of the Bible. But we can talk about that another time. Um, but essentially what happens here, uh, when they, so they, 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 they march out of the Red Sea, the sea collapses on Pharaoh, they're released from oppression, they're singing the song of Moses, praising the Lord for everything that he's done. They've seen the most miraculous work ever. Ever. Like, I just want to see myself. Like incredibly miraculous work. They have been saved by God. And then... And then they, like, continue on. After they sing the song of Moses, then they sing the song of Miriam. They're like, Then Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took the timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dancers. And Miriam answered them, Miriam answered them, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. So he sang two songs here. Like, they're just, they're just, dude, they're just on point. They're just loving God. They're praising him. They're having the best time. And then we read the very next verse. Uh-oh. The Bible says, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out to the wilderness of Shur, and they, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. 
Now, when they came to Mara, they could not drink the waters of Mara, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Mara, which I guess is a Hebrew translation for the, you know, it's a Hebrew word with the translation being bitter. Verse 24, the Bible says, And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And it's just like, ooh, like, uh, you know, like, Table turn pretty quick. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, how the turntables turn, tables turn, tables, tables turn. Oh, how the tables have turned. Oh, how the tables turn tables. <laughs> You're thinking of like DJ turntables. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like oh, how the turntable spins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is a millennial version of this. <laughs> but this is essentially, we see this pattern begin of like, God does a miraculous work. Children of Israel. Oh, God, thanks. They like go like two days. Like God, we're gonna die. Why have you done this to us? This is the worst thing ever. And it says, you know, Moses cried out to the Lord, and and the Lord showed him a tree, and he cast the tree into the waters, and the waters became sweet. Um, and then he and then he he said, you know, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord, um. And do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments, and keep his statutes. I'll put none of, of the diseases on you, which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. And he's like, look, guys, like, this thing, you know, you're called to be my people. You know, they're living in a very practical sense. It's either, like, end up like Egypt because you're not following God. And, and we've talked about that, you know. God didn't just strike Egypt with plagues because he was, like, mad at them. You know, it's because of the effect that, that Pharaoh was having on other people. Like, it was... They had gone too far. I was like, hey, no, stop complaining. Stop doing everything. Just just follow me and I'll, like, hook you up. Like, I'll give you everything you possibly need. And the story continues from here. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. And it's like they continue on on their journey. They've just seen the, the bitter waters have been made sweet. Praise the Lord. You know, they're sweet. They're awesome. Like, they're living their best lives. And then it continues on in chapter 16. Like, I mean, you have to... It was pretty faithless of them, if you think about it, because they've just witnessed God deliver them from 10 plagues, deliver them through the Red Sea, deliver them from, like, right out of the hands of a murderous pharaoh who came after them with, you know, horse and chariot. Mm. And now they're just, like, whining because they haven't got something to drink. Mm-hmm. Like you think, you know, do you think they'd be like, do you know what? It's a cool, it's cool. My God's got this. My God's got this. My God just did a whole bunch of this. He'll give me something to drink. But this is the thing. It gets even worse from here. So they've just seen like God, like bless a tree and then they chucked it in the water and the water becomes sweet. That is not a normal thing. No. That is a blessing from God. That is a miracle. Mm-hmm. But then the Bible says, and then, the, 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 and then they journeyed from Elam and the, all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, uh, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they departed from the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel p- complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children... Okay, so it's, this is the thing. It's not about like oh, they're evil or bad for asking God for stuff. Because God wants us to ask, mm-hmm. but it's this this complaining. They don't it's come to God with like, oh, yeah, God, please help us. It's like, oh, God, you can't do it, and you're bad. Yeah. And this is, the dude, what they say next, just like, oh, it's like, this is so bad. Oh, is this a bit that I think it is? Yeah, so this is what they say. It's like, the children of Israel said to them, 
Oh, that we had died at the by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat on the pots of meat, when we ate the bread to the full. For you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill us, this whole assembly, with hunger. Isn't that crazy? They're like, I wish I died back when I was in slavery. Isn't that <gasps> I wish God killed me. Yeah. That's like, it's not just like, I wish I died. I wish God killed me because then I would be eating. Yeah. It's like these guys like are experiencing emancipation like they've never experienced before. And it's like, I would have rather died as a slave because at least I wouldn't have been hungry. (laughs) It's just crazy. Is that not the roughest thing ever? Like how short sighted can you be? Mm. Like, and I'm just going to keep it going and then we're going to come back and, and talk about how this relates to us. But it's just, Hectic. And then, you know, Moses goes and, like, goes to God and is like, hear the complaints of your people. So, God's just like, okay, you know, you guys are silly. Um, but what I'm going to do is I'm literally going to rain bread from heaven. Um, and that's where, the, you know, the, the classic song comes from. You know, take my cup, Lord, fill it up, Lord. You know, bread from heaven, feed me till I want no more. Um, that's what it's talking about. It's literally, he was like, all right, bread's now going to fall from the sky wherever you are and support you. And the Bible says that it tastes like, you know, wafers with honey. It was oh, incredible, so like yeah. incredible. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, you know, doing doing their thing and they're, they're um, continuing on in the wilderness and, and, um, oh, but God gives them specific instruction. He's like, look, I'm going to be raining bread for six days a week on the Sabbath. I'm not going to rain bread. So what you're going to do on Friday is get double the bread because I'm going to rain double the bread. And then by Sabbath, everything's going to melt. You know, there isn't going to be bread. And if you don't get food before Sabbath, you're going to go hungry. And uh, the Bible just straight up says, it's like Moses said, you know, no one, um, let no one leave any of it till morning. Like, let's let's get all this done right now. Um, now, withstanding, they did not heed Moses, but some of them left um, part of it until morning, um, and it bred words, worms and stank. And Moses was angry with them. Yeah. So they were hoarding it. Like, God was giving them fresh, fresh um, supplies every day. Yeah. And was like, don't save it overnight, it won't last. Yeah, except for the to, Sabbath. He was like, Sabbath. okay, like miracle, on Sabbath you can cha- you can a miracle hoard it. supply on Friday because yeah. it, it will last overnight. But every other day, just like chill out because mm-hmm. I'm going to give you like all the bread you I'll need. Give you exactly what you need, exactly the amount that you And need. then they're like, oh, no, nah, let's hoard it. And yeah. then it turns, it breeds worms and like it stinks. It goes, goes moldy and... Man, and, that's... Yeah, oh, I can it's... think of anything worse. Um and it just keeps going on and on and on. But literally, so at this point, you know, water's been turned from bitter to sweet. At this point, they're getting like bread from heaven. And they continue on with their journey. It starts in verse, uh, ch- sorry, chapter 17. It says, Then all the congregation of the children of Israel set out on, the, um, set out on their journey for the, from the wilderness of sin, according to the commandment of the Lord, and camped in Rephidim. But there was no water to drink for the people. For the people. So it's like, okay, there's no water to drink here in, in, in Rephidim. Um, God, we, we've already seen God do this. Like, easy peasy. Let's just pray to God and just ask him, like, hey, God, can you supply us with water? Um, no, that's exactly not what happens. Um, this is what they say. It says, therefore, they contended with Moses and said, give us water that we may drink. So Moses said to them, why do you contend with me? Hmm. Why do you tempt the Lord? 
And the people thirsted for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, Why is it you have brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? And it's like, what is wrong with you guys? Like, are you serious right now? Have you not seen God just part the Red Sea and, like, turn water from bitter to sweet using a tree and, like, is literally raining bread from heaven? And they're just like, oh, not like, we're silly as and we're just going to keep being it's almost terrible. Like, it's almost like they're being trained to trust in God again. It's like they lost, they lost the knowledge of who God was during their years of slavery. And now they have to be trained again to realize that God will supply your every need exactly as you need it. I think it makes me think of like the context of their slavery. Like, was it good? Like, I, obviously it was bad, but I'm just, I'm just kind of thinking, like, man, like, how are they at this point? You know, there's a classic thing of, you know, when, when orphans, for example, um, people who have grown up in extremely hard lives, um, they go two ways. It's like they either sort of forsake everything and just like give up on life and become burnouts, or they become overachievers and they become, you know, some of the most powerful, most well successful most successful people in our world are, mm-hmm. are people who grew up orphans because they just have this drive and tenacity, um, this want to overachieve and to, and to do better than everyone else um, because of their state that no one else has. And it's like, that's because they grew up in a hard environment. Yeah. And it's like, where it's very clear and easy to see that, um, you know, the, the, the children of Israel did not pick the overachieving road. No. And they picked the opposite. They picked the burnout road. They mm-hmm. were like, look, we're just going to be, you know, we've had it hard for so long. So for, for that very reason, we're going to be a bunch of burnouts, you know, and mm-hmm. just be mm-hmm. terrible and complain against God. And and essentially from Have here. That victim mentality. Yeah, victim mentality. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's so tr- Dude, how victim mentality is that? Yes. Like saying yeah. like, oh, you should have just left us in Egypt like you saved us, but you should have just left us in Egypt because it would have been better for us to be slaves than to be suffering, you know, at your hand. Like. Just yeah. ultimate victim mentality right and now. Here. Th- and now they have the victim mentality now that they're free because they're like, oh, you should just give us everything because, you know, you've victimized us. This is really cool. Uh, the Bible then continues on. We're going to skip over verse 18. Basically, it's Jethro just gives invi- advice to, to Moses on how they should start to structure the children of Israel because it's getting pretty out of hand. Then in chapter 19, um, they come to Mount Sinai. And now... Moses is like, God is going to meet us here. Guys, are you keen? Are you keen? God is going to meet us here. This is going to be the most epic thing ever. We're going to see the literal presence of God. You know you know that guy who's been like raining bread from heaven? You know the guy who helped us cross the Red Sea? You know the guy who's like turned the water sweet and made the water pour out of the rocks and all this stuff? Are you keen to see him right now? Like, I can imagine Moses just being, like, the ultimate hype man. Mm-hmm. He's like, yo, are you guys ready tonight to see God? And they're all like, nah, we're super not. <laughs> like, we're all really, really scared of God. And we don't want to see him. It's like... They, they really don't have a knowledge of God. What? What? And obviously from that, you can see the influence of paganism. Yeah. So hard. You know, you can see the influence of an angry God who just wants to destroy them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and because they're like, I, I think, you know, they've perceived their complaint. They've gone, okay, we've complained against God. Maybe they've realized they've done the wrong thing. And it's like, oh, now you have to see God. Oh, man, like, we don't want to look at that guy because he's just going to, like, destroy us. And it's like, man, no, God wants to see you. God wants mm. to be with you. You know, uh, 
I don't remember if it was on radio or a sermon I preached or something. I kind of get amalgamated now with everything I talk about because I, I talk so much. But it's amazing when you see in the closing chapters of Revelation where the Bible says, and, you know, God will be their God, which is something that, it's, which is a quote from the Ten Commandments, but then, then it's like, and we shall be his people. It's like for the first time. And we're going to get more back in, back into that more after this song break. This is Sierra Hole with Trust and Obey. Back to Faith FM. That was Sierra Hull with Trust and Obey. What a, man, so true. So true. That's where these guys were falling short, is they had a lack, lack of trust and a lack of obedience. And I want to contrast this with, like, Moses at the time. Because they're, these guys are, like, freaking out because of their sin. They're freaking out because of their unbelief. They're like, oh, we don't want to see God. And because of that, then, you know, when the Lord, when they finally arrive to Sinai and, and Moses and God have a conversation... Um, there's this back and forth of like, oh, actually, because these guys don't, God's like, because these guys don't want to see me, like, if they see me, they're going to get destroyed, like, because they don't want to be here, um, because of my presence is so bright and glorious, um, so yeah, don't let them do that. We're going to talk about more, you know, the contrast then with Moses and how, how cool that is, but... Before we get into it, we have another clue for the I'm quiz. A slippy little clue for this quiz, oh, keen, dude. Slip you on in. So, who am I? I set up and oh, hang on. Who am I? I said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth 
looks like a son of the gods. Mm, who be that? <laughs> the son of the gods. Mm, give oh, us a call. I don't, man, that should be a, a one that that Lyle and Shell scratch out because it's the son of God. Yeah, the son but, no, of no, the no, gods. No, 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 he is. Well, he, the person in the fire was the son of God, but the person who was looking at it. Would not have known that. He just said, looks like this. Looks man, like the, son the, of the, the clue's gods. just too deep for me. Mm, yeah. Well, give us a call, 1 800 Faith FM. Okay, so continuing on. So it's like the children of Israel, it's like like God's like, oh, don't come near me because you'll be destroyed because of your unbelief and everything. But then Moses is the one up there. Moses essentially becomes their liaison and he's up hanging out with God, mm. you know, and they're, they're talking with one another and whatnot. And I'm just like, man. Do you want to be like the children of Israel or do you want to be like Moses? And it's like, I want to be like Moses. Because, again, there's these parallels between this Exodus story and Revelation. This is a parallel, clearly, of the judgment. You know, who can stand in the judgment? And there's this scene of, like, those who, those who you know, um, who don't choose the Lord in the judgment are destroyed. And those who choose him are not. And that's, you know, that's up to their own free volitional, free will choice. It's not about doing anything. It's not about um, being the best person you can be. It's it's just about following God. And he does that work in your life. And amen, hallelujah. And then this, this judgment scene happens, you know, at the end of time as the book of Revelation sort of goes into. Um, where, you know, those those who are following God because they've given, given their sins to him, um, they can stand before the Lord. But, you know... Those who haven't, they, they can't stand. And it's like, man, strive to be a Moses. Strive to be someone who is trusting and obeying God. You know, that's the thing. Moses and the children of Israel were in the same situation. Moses didn't have it any easier. Moses didn't have it any better. Moses wasn't, you know, any more incredible. In fact, the, the Bible says that Moses was one of the meekest men on the earth. It's interesting, like, and he's talking there about, you know, humility. It's interesting, I, you know, it's, it's Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible, so it's like he's calling himself the meekest man, and there's always that joke of, like, are you really humble if you're call- the one calling yourself humble? Like, yes. yeah, I'm so humble. <laughs> you know, I'm the, in fact, he says, I, it says, I'm the meekest man on the earth. I am the most humble person on planet Earth. Of course, I think that would have been inspired by the Holy Spirit for him to write that. But um, yeah, that's just, it's just really interesting. But anyways, they have this, uh, you know, Moses and God just have this amazing relationship. And that means God can stand, you know, with Moses. Moses can stand before God and, and they just, doing life together and, and Moses isn't stressed about all the things that the children of Israel are stressed about because he just knows that God has his back. And be, you know, that's what faith is, you know, and, and but it's also like as as the Bible said before, it's it's keeping his commandments, it's obeying him and entrusting him and, and the plagues and the problems and everything that were inflicted on Egypt won't be inflicted on you. We need to be in a place where trusting and obeying, I feel like that's why that song was so appropriate. If we want to be in a place like Moses was with God, you know, it comes down to trust and obey. That's all we have. That's all we can do. I love what Ecclesiastes says. It's like, um, to keep the commandments of God, this is man's all. You know, because to follow Jesus, that's that's all we have. And how does that look to obey him, to, to put away sin? And it's, you know, I, I will be the first to attest that, man, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I fall short every day. But God is there lifting me up and, and bringing me closer to Him. We're going to continue on because I promised producer Jasmine that I would get to the Ten Commandments before the end of um, before the end of this ch- show. We've got about four minutes to do that, and luckily we've arrived right on time. 
Moses goes up. You know, he's, he goes up and down the mountain a couple times and gets counts, you know, because the, the children of Israel are like, no, we don't want to go. Then God's like, oh, don't let them up here because they'll die and like all this stuff. Then Moses um, is then told the Ten Commandments by God. And he comes down from the mountain. And the chapter opens up with chapter 20. It's the Ten Commandments. It says, and God spoke all these words saying, and then we get into the Ten Commandments. The Bible says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shouldn't have no other gods before me. Man, I wonder if I could quote this whole thing before we end from memory. Oh, nah, I'm not. What I'm basically going to say is, look, he gives the Ten Commandments, which is, you know, you shall have no other, you know, I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make anything out of a carved image um, or bow down to idols. You shall not take the Lord's name in vain. You shall remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Honor your mother and your father. Do not commit murder. Do not, do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness and do not covet. So there, that's the Ten Commandments of God. And they're so, you know, they're just so rich in meaning. Basically, I see the Ten Commandments of the, as the totality of the way that God wants you to live. You know, um, there's the classic little... There's a classic little uh, illustration. It's it, the Ten Commandments kind of the works like a tree, and the trunk of that tree is love, if you could imagine. And then that that tree has two branches, and one side is love for God, and one side is love for your neighbor. As as uh, Jesus says when the when he asks he asks a certain man, he says, "Oh, you know, what is the p- most important commandments?" And um, that man says, "To love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself." And and that was actually a quote from the Old Testament, from the Book of Deuteronomy, I believe. And and Jesus says to him, "You know, you've answered correctly. Um, from the you know the whole law and the prophets hangs on these two commandments." And so you have two branches that come off the tree that is love. One is love for God, and one is love for humanity. Um, and then off of those. Two branches. There are there are six branches on one side and four branches on the other. And the four branches are the the love for God commandments. You know, keep the Sabbath, have no other gods, do not do not make idols, um, don't take the Lord's name in vain. And then on the other side is like honor your mother and your father. You know, um, do not commit adultery, do not steal. All the commandments that involve humanity. And it's just the perfect totality of just like everything that we need to do as a Christian. You know, there's always questions about orthodoxy. You know, that that's one of the biggest things in religion is how do I keep it? How do I do it? How do I live it? How do I be it? Um, and, you know, and, and we can look at different religions around the world, and, you know, Islam, Buddhism, whatever it may be, and you see different orthodoxy, different practices that the people have because they're a particular, you know, they believe in a particular religion. And when it comes to Christianity, it's like, okay, what do I do as a Christian? You know, how do I live the life that God wants me to live? We start right here. It's the first thing that God commanded the children of Israel to do. It's like, hey, this is how, this is the basis. This is the foundation of the life that I want you to live. Am I saying now that, oh, you know, this is how we get into heaven? Am I being a legalist? You know, no, of course not. The salvation is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. That's what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. But then it goes on to say, but we were predestined for good works that we should walk in them. And that's what these good works are, this keeping of the Ten Commandments. Because not only are you blessed, but you become a blessing. And that's what God wants for your life. God wants a better life for you. And that's the life that I strive to live by. That's the life that we all, you know, Monica strives to live by. Jasmine strives to live by. I've got my friend Nikki sitting in the studio. She strives to live by it. We've got Maddie walking through the front door of the conference office, the communication director. He strives to live by it. You know, when you're following Christ, you need to strive to live by this because you love God and you love others and you want to bless them. That's all that we have. That's all we can do. Right now, this is Nathan Young with Written Down in Stone. Very appropriate song. 
uh, to close out our Bible study. The law is just and the law is right And it's written by God in stone The law is love and the law is life And it's written by God in stone I will follow His commandments I'll abide in Him alone For His law is my delight It's written down in stone Oh, it's written down in stone The law is holy, the law is Faithful forever sure And it's written by God in stone I will follow His commandments I'll abide in Him alone For His law is my delight It's written down The law brought fire And the law brought flood It brought down judgment From a holy God But the Lord showed mercy When He said who bought my pardon with this precious blood? I love Him so. I will follow His commandments. I'll abide in Him alone, for His law is. My delight, it's written down in stone. I will follow His commandments. I'll abide in Him alone, for His law is my delight. Oh, it's
forgiveness. It's easier said than done. But now there's a new approach to help us be more forgiving, a program called Forgive to Live. It's designed to help us all improve our lives. You'll discover the healing power of forgiveness, a relationship breakdown, long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. Through Forgive to Live, you can break this cycle and start living a more forgiving life. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. Hey, Mon. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in miracles? Look, if God can change my life, I think I definitely believe in miracles. Okay, so the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church is making a difference in its community. Oh, yeah, how? Well, it's worshipping together, loving together, learning together, and above all, preparing for Jesus to return together. Ooh, that sounds good. When's all this happening? Bible studies start at 10 a.m., service at 11 a.m., and guess what that's followed by? Or is it this free lunch I keep hearing about? Absolutely. (laughs) Well, please join us at the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church. Our address is 105 Lindsay Street, Hamilton, New South Wales. Every Saturday morning where you will be welcomed with a smile. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. It's hard when sometimes 
Welcome back to Faith FM. And there has been some extremely uh, important events that have been happening during the break. Before we get into it, do you have another clue for the quiz? Yeah. No, no. All the clues are done. All the clues are done. Clues. So if you, this guy was a despot and he was a king. He, he was, was a tyrant. He was a king. king. He was the king Rule of supreme. He was Babylon. The, Babylon. Yeah, he yeah. Was the king of Babylon. If you know call. who that is, he was the first king of yeah, Babylon. One eight hundred Faith FM. Give us a call if you know who that is, and I will send you the prize. Lawson, we've come to question of the day, but instead of answering a sensible question you've been running around the conference office asking people no 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 i have been asking the most important question that needs to be answered for today do they know jesus well okay no well that, that that's a question that will be asked at the end of time and amen today is the day of salvation um but you know we we there was a debate that was raging earlier raging about what's better apples or bananas and I needed to know the truth because I am just standing here as a firm apple lover and believer in thereof. You know, green apples are just like the fruit of, you know, the gods. Like, it's incredible. You've done some really dodgy research, I just want to say. And so, what I decided to do in the last break is run around the conference office with a pad and a pen and ask people one simple question. What is better... Apples or bananas? Now, it was a pretty tight race at the start. You know, when we were sitting here in the studio, there was four of us and it was two and two. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, that's tight. But, you know, the cream always rises to the top. All, you know, the, the apples the apples rise to the top. Can you hear the gloat in the back of his voice? I don't know what gloating is, okay? I'm the <laughs> meekest man on the earth. <laughs> but I have conclusive evidence. No, you don't. Yes. Yes, I do. I'm going to let you have... I'm going to let you speak this result and then I'm going to smash so, it. So, go on. The, the result is apples, 10, bananas, 7. That's a great question. So, so, except there's two different answers to it because I personally prefer to eat apples than to eat bananas. And if you're looking at it from a health perspective, there are more nutrients in an apple than in there are in a banana. But the question was never what's better, apples or bananas. The question yes, that sparked this debate 
was what do we believe is more eaten as a singular piece of fruit around yeah, but the how world? How is people in the conference and office going to know that? people that you interviewed, I came behind you and asked them and they were like, oh, no, d- bananas are definitely more widely no, eaten than apples. No, you didn't. That's I why. did. You asked Nikki and, and you were like, what's better, apples or bananas? And she was like, green apples. And you're like, yeah, that's my girl. And then I said to her, but hang on, which do you think is eaten more? And she was like, oh, bananas for sure. There you she go. doesn't know that. Neither do you. Yeah, but that wasn't the question I was asking. That was asking. the question you were supposed the to have been asking. The question I was asking was, we were not what debating is better, what's apples better. or bananas? Because I agree with you. Apples are better than bananas. But what do I think is eaten more? Bananas for sure. They're like a perfect little like, stick it in you your lunchbox. Don't you actually don't even need to stick that. a banana in your lunchbox. Way, it has like a lunchbox way, of its own. Way it comes more, with I a lunchbox wrapped way around way it. Way more apples in school than bananas. Yeah, same. That doesn't mean that, that, that people eat them more than they eat bananas. Just because... Because you had the one experience. You're no, being very close-minded. You, you're like, you think that wrong. your experience is the experience of the whole world. Whereas I understand that I ate way more apples in my lifetime. I'm a pretty relatable the person, Monica. eats more bananas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure about right now, though. Yeah, I'm like really struggling. <laughs> but look, you know, the reason, the reason I want to talk about this ba- debate is because it ultimately comes back to, you know, our bodies are the temples of God. And if yes. there's anything that we should be arguing over, it's what's better, apples or bananas. Because if you want, you know, if you want to start arguing over what's better, you know, Maccas or Hungry Jacks, just, just, I just want to stop you right there and say, no, that is bad for your health. <laughs> and, um, and, and <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> like, like, you know, what's better, ice cream or gelato? No, you got to stop. <laughs> I feel like at any point now you're going to weave in dry July into this. And I'm just like, and look, if you want to argue what's better, alcohol or not drinking alcohol, obviously not, not drinking, drinking alcohol. alcohol. So don't do that. And look, we, we just, we just want to promote health here. And I think, you know, the healthy debate over apples and bananas, I'm going to continue to ask this question with my. You need to ask the pad. right question. You're no, asking the I'm, wrong I'm, question. I am this asking the right dodgy question. Reason. Research. I just want to know, no, because it goes back to as well, like, because I'm always copying. This is like when you read, like, statistics on how great dairy is and the whole thing's been sponsored by the dairy industry. It's like Lawson running around asking people if apples or bananas are better, and he has a, a mean lean towards the apple answer. Yeah, like I do, but that doesn't mean that the question's not unbiased. Like, I'm just You deliberately asking. ran out there and asked an orchard grower. <laughs> he likes apples and bananas. Like, what did you think was going to happen with that one? He could just you hate them because he has so many of them. Whatever. <laughs> this is Grego Pillay with Brighter Days. Hopefully we have more Brighter Days after. Give us a call. Apples or bananas? It's definitely bananas. <laughs> Sitting
to Faith FM, when we are closing our show out with the absolute and total victory of apples over the entire world, because apples are the best fruit, and everyone knows it, okay? Everyone knows Delusion it. has taken hold of Faith FM presenters. <laughs> With oh, how wrong you are, Monica. Wrong, oh, you are. How wrong you are. Good morning are. to Leon, one of our listeners who's just calling in. I have got the most hilarious oh, yes. free giveaway today. Get this right. Get this right. This is so funny. <laughs> I'm so delighted about this giveaway. So we've come to the end of our show where we, we give something away for free, and you can be the uh, the recipient, just be the first person to call us right now on 1-800-FAITH-FM, and you can get a copy of Staying Healthy for Life, which is a wonderful book all about health, mm. um, you know, lifestyle uh, diseases and how to avoid them. It's written by Dr. Donald R. Hall, and there's a picture of him on the front cover of this book, Lawson, and look at the tie he's wearing. It's covered in apples. Yeah, because he knows what's up, dude. He knows what is real. He knows Triggered. what is happening right around the world. He's wearing a tie with apples on look, it. Look, I'm not going to argue with the fact that nutrient-wise, apples have uh, a more Stop benefits. backtracking. Even, you are even, backing bananas even, and now you're giving even, up on no, them. No, I'm, like, I'm trying to have balance. E.G. White says that if you're going to eat any fruit, you should eat an apple. Amen. But the world, oh. the world doesn't follow the advice, does it? That's, that's why they, they eat more bananas they than they don't. eat apples. They eat more bananas. No, than they, they don't. You need Give to us a stop. call. Get a copy of Staying Healthy for Life by Dr. Ronald R. Hall. Um, so this book is it's an incredible book. The, fo- the whole focus of this book is helping... Uh, helping the reader to know how to make, um, take better care of themselves, how to prevent disease, how to feel their best, and how to live a long and healthy life. So give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. First person through will get a copy of Staying Healthy for Life. Not just in your early life, not just in your middle life, but all the way through. All the life. Yeah, give us a call if you want a copy of that. Uh, also give us a call if you'd like to learn more about the Bible. We love to teach people about the Bible. There's so many ways to do it. Have a wonderful day. <laughs>